Hi, thanks for downloading Pep Talk. If you enjoy today's episode, why not get a free copy of Andy's book or my book by becoming a regular supporter? Visit us at solas-cpc.org and donate just £3 per month. Thanks so much. On with the show. Hello and uh, welcome to Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. I'm Andy Bannister uh, with the Solar Centre for Public Christianity up in sunny Dundee. Well, it is sunny. It was raining a few minutes ago, but now the sun is shining. And I'm joined as ever by my uh, my effervescent co-host, uh, Christy Bear, who's coming to me all, to us all the other way from the other end of the country down in London. Christy, how are you doing down there today? Effervescently well. Thank you very much. It's about 30 degrees here. I was outside earlier on, so very well in heart. Thanks, Andy. How are you doing? Well, it's got a three in it here, but it's not 30. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> so, well, Christy, we have a great guest on the uh, the show today. We are joined uh, all the way from the uh, heart of, well, not quite the heart of England, but the middle of England uh, by uh, Michael Harvey. Michael, welcome to Pep Talk. Great to be with you guys. So, Michael, you've got you've got quite a bio. You're a you're a you're a missiologist. You're a kind of sort of a public intellectual, author of three books, and uh, connected with various ministries. Uh, particularly connected uh, with a wonderful initiative called the National Weekend of uh, Invitation. Uh, for listeners, we'll put details on uh, on that into the show notes. But you can go to Weekend of Invitation dot com. Michael, why don't we start there? What what is the National Weekend of Invitation? I can hear listeners go, "Well, that sounds interesting." What is it? Well, basically, kind of um, um, uh, about 16 years ago, I started something called Back to Church Sunday, which was trying to encourage uh, Christians um, to, first of all, uh, welcome um, and then uh, invite uh, their uh, their friends. Um, now, 16 years on, um, um, decided that that basically kind of we now need to really concentrate on inviting um, and so why not have a weekend where we can actually kind of invite people to take a close look at, uh, at Jesus Christ? And um, so rather than it just being um, an act of worship on a Sunday, um, uh, to actually have a, um, a weekend of different activities where kind of people can uh, uh, meet Christians in different kind of um, formats. So, you know, maybe on a Friday evening, we open our homes um, and have a meal and invite a couple of congregational members uh, and invite a couple of, um, uh, of our non-Christian friends. On a Saturday, maybe we have um, an event, a, a comedy evening or a or, or a quiz, you know, with a with an epilogue, and and then on a Sunday, um, um, acts of worship. Um, so just really kind of different ways to actually invite invite our friends, Andy. So Michael, you talk about invitation, and I think one of the things that that sometimes Christians struggle with is that whole process of invitation. You know, maybe there are some people listening to this who hear you describing this, or they go look at the website and they think, "Wow, I would love to invite my friends, my neighbours, my colleagues." But then the fear kicks in. You know, the heart rate goes up, the adrenaline goes into the red zone, and people keep their mouths shut and don't make the invite. What what is it that holds us back sometimes from inviting friends? And and how are some of the ways that maybe we can we could push through that and actually take that step of faith and invite someone to, to an event at church? 
Well, um, there are 12 common reasons why we uh, don't uh, invite. Um, and and, and uh, as I've gone around uh, at least 14 countries, multiple denominations and streams, um, there's one uh, reason that basically kind of comes out at the top over and over and over again. And that is the fear of rejection. You know, we fear... Uh, the rejection of another another person, and um, and so and so basically, kind of in the uh, workshops that I do, uh, I help um, Christians uh, really kind of look very carefully at what the fear of rejection uh, really is uh, all about. Um, but I, I find it a really kind of a, a biblical response. You know, when God nudges us to actually invite somebody. Uh, that our first uh, reaction is fear, you know, because frankly, who do we know in the Bible that wasn't afraid, you know, when God actually nudged them into action? They, they were all afraid. Every single one of them, you know, was afraid. So when uh, Christians around the world, you know, kind of tell me that they're afraid, you know, I'm rubbing my hands in glee because it's a sign you know, that God is really kind of uh, calling them. Uh, it's not a sign to stop. It really is a sign to actually kind of explore that call with God. Hmm. I think that that really resonates with uh, with me personally as well, Michael, in that I, I feel that fear in talking uh, to others about, about who Jesus is. What is it that, um, that this weekend of invitation and your training in particular, how do you address that fear? What kind of things have you done to um, encourage others through that and their calling and towards Christ that you mentioned? Well, well, perhaps um, uh, the first thing to say is that um, um, I, I look at fear in perhaps a different way than others may look at it. So um, I would say it is absolutely okay to feel afraid. Um, and I think that really needs to be said. I think it's OK to feel afraid. I just don't think it's OK to be afraid. I think there's a difference between feeling and being afraid. You know, God, after all, has given us a stress response. You know, so if we don't feel afraid, you know, from time to time, you know, then that's really dangerous, you know, for us. Um, and and. And frankly, also, you know, kind of in, you know, the in scripture, we see, you know, the, there's the fear of the Lord as well as the fear of man. And so and so I think we need to have a more nuanced you know, approach uh, to fear uh, than we do at this moment in time. So I think, you know, the first thing is to really kind of teach, you know, uh, that when God calls you, you will potentially feel afraid. It's not about managing fear. Um, you know, one um, church leader said to me just recently, oh, Michael, we're doing really well, you know, because, you know, uh, there, there's, you know, our fear is, is much less than it's been previously. And I'm going, my goodness, that can't be correct, because when God continues to call us, he often calls us in our discomfort zones. And and therefore, we are going to feel afraid, you know, and 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 don't think, you know, just because we we uh, do one thing for God that the next activity God calls us to do, we won't also uh, feel afraid. So I think, uh, first of all, the key is helping people to feel comfortable that actually the call of God might feel uncomfortable. Mm. You know, there's something very interesting there, Michael, because I know when I 
first started training people in evangelism, I confess I tried a bit more too much of the kind of be a motivational speaker, sort of, and, you know, talk about their fear and, you know, rally the troops. And then, then something occurred to me and it resonates a bit with what you were saying there. You know, one of my one of my hobbies is rock climbing. And, uh, you know, I love going up. But I don't like coming down. I do not like abseiling. I, my heart pumps, you know, I'm afraid, but I still do it, even though there's that fear there. And the reason I, I do it is I've done it, you know, a little bit of trading. So I know what I'm doing. So I'm not going to kill myself. And I trust the person on the end of the rope. And, uh, and then you can, do, you, can, you can do it even though there's the fear. And I wonder whether with evangelism, as you say, we've talked ourselves into this idea that if we feel the fear, there's something wrong, rather than actually, as you say, God, God's given us a stress response. Uh, you know, that's sort of natural, actually, when you're putting yourself out on a limb. But we've, we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got prayer, and with a little bit of training in how to, you know, avoid making some pretty sort of typical mistakes. Actually, anybody can invite their friends to church and see the Lord work through them. Uh, definitely. Um, I, I, it just reminds me, kind of, Andy, of, you know, uh, the story of Ananias. You know, um, I, I love Ananias as a character. You know, without him, we wouldn't have, you know, kind of half the New Testament when you think about it, you know, because first of all, you know, kind of God gives him a, a dream. Um, then he gives him a vision and finally he gives him an instruction to go to Saul. And I just I love Ananias' response with God, which was, you know, kind of, uh, do you actually know who Saul is, Lord? I, I love that <laughs> because, you know, there is definitely a feeling of fear there. But he goes forward. He, he, he faces his fear with faith. And it's such an important uh, teaching that we really need to get into the hands of as many Christians as possible. You know, I talked in that uh, that last question, um, Michael, about about prayer. And I know as we were chatting before uh, the show, you and I and Christy, one of the initiatives you've got is around prayer, you were telling us, in terms of getting Christians to pray uh, around evangelism. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you were you were telling us and why you think that's really, really helpful and important? Yeah, I'm trying to get um, 100,000 Christians um, uh, daily uh, to pray the following prayer. Lord, today, who do you want me to connect with out with of the church? So that prayer again is, Lord, today, who do you want me to connect with out with of the church? Um, and the reason um, I'm suggesting uh, that evangelistic uh, prayer is because, um, uh, you know, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. You know, there seemed to be a connection between the father and the son where um, uh, mission was concerned. Um, Jesus, you know, didn't go to every village. He didn't speak to every person. He didn't heal every person, but he did that which his father um, um, uh, told him to do. Um, and, and in the same way um, for us, um, we are not meant to save, you know, um, everybody. We can't because that's the work of the Holy Spirit anyway. But we're not meant to go to everybody. But we are meant to go to the people that God directs us to. So therefore, that prayer just brings to awareness uh, the the prompting of God in our lives. And it's just really, really vital. And why is it vital now, right at this moment in time? Well, you know, as we're exiting um, perhaps lockdown, 
um, um, never has there been a more important time for our Christians to actually uh, connect with their neighbours, with their friends. Um, you know, it's a very, very important time to get the saints into circulation, Andy. That's that's so good to hear, Michael, because you also, I mean, not only is there this evangelistic prayer that you're encouraging people to to join you in, but you mentioned in our in our pre-show chat a particular kind of grouping of people that you're hoping to come together in or as a result of praying that prayer. What 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 is that? Um how can people join in? Um, Christy, um it's called ACON. So I'm trying to set up ACON groups. Um, certainly, first of all, around the UK um, and 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 basically kind of what that is really all about is um, a uh, a way of life, an evangelistic way of life. Um, so each of the letters of ACON uh, stands for a part of the way of life. So the A of the ACON is ask, uh, the C of the ACON is call, i.e. when we ask God, who to connect with. God will call us back. God will give us the name. And how do we know, you know, kind of that the name that comes to us is the name. It's probably um, uh, accompanied with, oh, no, not that person. Give me another. So normally there is a kind of a, a, a frisson of fear as soon as we kind of receive the call from God. Um, and then we obey. Then we obey. We then simply kind of um, um, pick up our phone, pick up our video technology that we suddenly discovered that we've got. And we simply um, um, ask the person who God has uh, called us to connect with, how are you? Um, a really simple question. How are you? Um, and, and, you know, I, I think one of the futures of evangelism, you know, is very good question asking. Um how are you? See, if God can get away with where are you in the Garden of Eden, I think we can get away with how are you? And, and I'm at a deeper level, you know, not just at the food level or the medicine level, but how how they really are. And, and you know, in the UK, with the answer coming back is going to be fine. But to reset the question, no, really, how are you? And we will find kind of God in their ache. Uh, in their story, in their concern, in their worry, um, and just to just to stick with them, uh, we've got to understand the bad news before we can give the good news. And then the final two parts of ACON uh, is where I'm trying to form a group where uh, the R of the ACON, after the O of the obey, the R of the ACON is we report to um, two or three, three or four other Christians. And we we tell them, you know, kind of what happened when we went um, on mission. Uh, the old fashioned word, of course, for reports is testimony. We testify. And then the final bit together as a group of Christians is we is the end, which is we notice. We notice what God was doing in us and we notice what God was doing through us. This process brings together evangelism and formation evangelism and discipleship really really important christy now i love the way that um you've coupled those two things together michael i'm i'm, I'm with you i'm absolutely convinced that evangelism and discipleship belong belong together because you know part of your one's growing as a christian is uh you know being willing and being confident to share that with others um i love that acorn uh model as well but a question one thing i've noticed 
as I travel around the country, you I often come across people who feel that they're the only person in their church who are passionate about evangelism. Um, they you know they can often feel quite lonely. They can feel quite isolated. Have you learned any ways in which people could actually find ways to plug themselves together into those little groups whereby they can start reporting, they can start being accountable? How can we? How can people find others uh, who have the same passion for evangelism, evangelism as they do or encourage more people in their churches to get excited about this? Are there any sort of things that you've learned or, or tips that you could share? Well, again, if, 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 if it's truly the case that there, there is only you, you know, in your kind of congregation, then do kind of contact me via, you know, weekendofinvitation.com. And I'd love to kind of plug you into um, an ACON group that's, uh, that's uh, taking place. But I would also kind of caution that it's only you. Because um, God, I, I think, from a biblical perspective, tends to actually kind of come for people who uh, don't think they can do mission with God. You know, most of the Bible characters, as I, as I said earlier, um, were, you know, kind of uh, regretful as to why they shouldn't do it. You know, Moses said, I'm slow of speech and tongue. Gideon said, I'm the least of the least. Esther didn't want to go. You know, Abram, as soon as he kind of left his, his father's uh, house, he's plunged into uh, into a famine and is um, and is um, basically giving his his wife away to pharaoh you know we we've all got you know kind of um you know where we're frozen in our kind of relationship with god and god is 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 about unfreezing us so never give up you know on on people who look as if you know they are um uh, perhaps not passionate uh, for going uh, on mission with God, because you know God is in the business of unfreezing people. Andy, thank you, Michael. Mm-hmm. That's, that's such a good encouragement and um, to us all that that God is in the mission of unfreezing people. Uh, do you have any stories of God at work, Michael, that you could share with us? Uh, yeah, um, uh, just just recently, one of the Acon groups. Uh, I mean, I must must have hundreds of uh, people now kind of participating, but. One in particular, a, a story of a, a really introverted um, a guy who um, um, I noticed it on the first kind of three weeks of an ACON group. And uh, the first two weeks, um, you know, he told everybody else in the in the ACON group, well, you know, when I asked God, was there somebody God was calling him to connect with? Um, absolutely nobody came. Uh, to mind and you know as always you know with me that's absolutely kind of fine no problem whatsoever well on the third week he basically kind of comes comes back and he's beaming he's absolutely kind of beaming because all of a sudden somebody came to mind a a colleague of his that he hadn't um, seen in in many many years came to mind and so he picked up the the phone to her and um and and she answered and she said she said to him i've not spoken to anybody in three weeks um and my next door neighbor has uh, had died of of covid so i'm so grateful that you've rung me well my goodness you know that all of a sudden that introverted guy who thought that god you know kind of wouldn't uh, call call him um um that he had nobody to actually call all of a sudden god intervened and i'm seeing this all of the time when we just 
you know, kind of by faith, pray that prayer and keep aware all of a sudden, you know, God um, um, comes comes forward with a massive surprise. It's surprise after surprise after surprise. That's such a great point to to bring the show to a, a close on, Michael. I love that idea there. And I've seen that in so many stories too, that people who who think that God can't use them, suddenly he breaks through and does use them. And it's transformative, both in terms of the person they were able to connect with, but their own Christian faith too. So thank you. You've, in, you've encouraged us uh, and I hopefully given listeners lots of food uh, for thought. I encourage everyone listening to uh, check out Weekend of Invitation uh, dot com. There's lots of resources uh, there. And uh, Michael, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for making the time for us this afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, we're thrilled to have had you. Thank you so much. And Christy and I will be back in uh, two weeks' time with uh, another guest and another episode of Pep Talk. Thanks for listening.